So glad you guys are spending your Sunday morning with us. My name is Pastor Jessica, and I'm going to be bringing to you Do It For A Day, Making and Breaking Habits, Part 2. And so I'm going to start my timer, because if not, I'm going to keep you all here all day long. <laughs> we are going to dive in to Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, and this has been our foundational scripture. And so it says, so be careful now how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Redeem the time. In these evil days, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand that the Lord, what the Lord wants you to do. So congratulations. We have officially made it seven days in to our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And our goal through this 21 days of prayer and fasting is to make and break habits that create margin and empower us to live on mission. So God wants us to live a fruitful and fulfilled life and margin allows us to become who we were created to be, and mission allows us to do what we were created to do. And so last week, we talked about how our habits create our future and how consistency beats intensity every day of the week. Amen, because I would rather be consistent than intense, you know what I'm saying? Makes me tight already just saying that word. It beats every day of the week. So we are only one domino away from breakthrough. We need big dreams fueled by small habits. So today we are going to talk about what Mark Batterson calls the three M's of habit formation. So let's look at what Jesus says about habits and the significance of making and breaking them. So we're going to read in Matthew 5, 27 through 30. And it says, have you heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery? But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your strong hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. This is the most extreme teaching in scripture on dealing with sin. Jesus kind of like pushes the envelope here in order to make a huge point. That anything in our lives that causes us to sin, to miss the mark, needs to be cut off and cast away from our lives. And y'all, life is too short and eternity is too important for us to dabble and play with sin. So unless you want to walk around lame and blind, anybody want to do that willingly? Nope, didn't think so. Me neither. We need to learn how to find freedom from the things that are causing us to miss the mark of God for our lives. And you know what? The truth is many of the things keeping us from living the life God is calling us to is rooted and bad habits. Any of y'all got bad habits? Any of y'all broken some bad habits the last seven days? Yes, amen. Go Jesus. It's called habitual sin, but the good news of the gospel is that we have been set free from the power of sin through the finished work of Jesus. So let, let's listen to what Paul says in Romans 6, 10 through 14, and it says, when he, speaking of Jesus, died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. 
So you also should consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. I am so thankful (laughs) that Jesus went to the cross, died for my sin, so I could be free from all of those things right now. Such a, just so thankful that that is what he did for us. And now that I get to live in that freedom if I choose him, right? And so we're going to read Romans 8, 2, and it says, Because you belong to him, speaking of Jesus, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So our first point we're going to look at today is the challenge to change is no longer rooted in the power of sin because Jesus set us free from the power of sin. We are no longer slaves to sin. The challenge to change is rooted in the habits that fuel our behavior. So we are all still capable of sin. We all know that. We're, we're human. We live in earthly bodies. But the power of sin has been broken because Jesus dealt with sin on the cross. Now we have to deal with the habits that keep us bound in sinful behavior. So sin has no power because Jesus set us free from sin. But you and I can give it power, right, by the choices that we make every day. You and I can give our habits power by the choices we make every single day. And by doing this, when we choose to walk in sin, when we choose to walk in bad habits, what we're doing by making that choice is denying what Jesus did on the cross for us. Because we're choosing that thing that we just read in Scripture. Sin leads us to death, right? And so every time we choose sin, every time we choose a bad habit, we are just stepping one step closer to death. We are stepping one step closer to eternity separated from the Lord. But we don't have to give them power. We can rule over sin, and we can rule over bad habits. So when we refuse to do what is right in the moment, we give power to our sin and our habits by doing this. Like I just said, we are denying what Jesus did on the cross. So I can remember before I gave my life to Jesus and like really started pursuing a relationship with the Lord, I remember being a teenager and like um, sneaking out of my friend's house. My par- I was spending out with a friend. My parents didn't know I was sneaking out, and her mom didn't know I was sneaking out. She didn't even know I was sneaking out, but they all fell asleep, and I remember getting up to go sneak out of her house, and I heard this voice that said, don't do this. This is wrong. Y'all ever heard that? When you're about to do something that you shouldn't have done, you knew you should not have done it, but, and you heard that voice, but you did it anyway. Anyone ever been there? Me. I've done that. And what I was doing is I was giving in to sin. I was giving in to that bad habit. I was giving in to that bad relationship. And I was denying the, the Holy Spirit speaking to me, warning me 
calling me back to himself, I was ignoring that voice. And I didn't know it then that it was the Holy Spirit talking to me, but I know it now, right? And so now where I am in my spiritual life, I have matured as a Christian. I've matured um, in my walk with the Lord. And so now when I'm presented with an opportunity to sin or to lie or whatever it is, you know, we all... The enemy throws temptations our way. It doesn't matter who we are. We're all still going to be tempted. But now when I'm given those opportunities to sin or to invest in a bad habit, I hear the Holy Spirit say, Jessica, don't do this. Is it worth it? It's not worth it. Is it going to get you where you want to be with me? And I recognize it. And now, because I recognize it, and I know it's the Holy Spirit calling me back to himself, now I'm like, skirt, I ain't doing that. Mm-mm, walking away from that thing. I ain't going to eat that piece of cake. Y'all, sugar sugar is like, I love sweets. So weird. I love sweets. Um, but I have to say no to the, that's a bad habit. I don't need all that sugar. Or, you know, I don't need to be investing and spending time um, in bad relationships that are gossiping about people or whatever it may be, you know. Now, because I am mature in my walk with the Lord, I recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so now every time I recognize his voice and I choose to follow him, guess what I'm doing? I'm breaking a bad habit. That's what you're doing every time you are given the opportunity to sin or you're being tempted or to do a bad habit and you choose to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit and not do it, you are breaking a bad habit. You are breaking curses off of your life. So we have to choose to be obedient. And when we choose to be obedient, we break habits. So the next point we're going to look at is to break a bad habit, we need to replace it with a holy habit. This is where the 3M model of habit formation comes in. So in order to break an old habit and establish a new one, we need sustainable approach. We need a sustainable approach because we learned last week that consistency beats intensity every day of the week. So the replacement theory is huge. We can't just stop doing something. We have to start doing something new. I can't just stop eating fast food. I have to start cooking at home. If that's like one of your things, I want to stop eating out so much. I want to start eating at home. Well, then you got to make a plan. You got to make a grocery list. You got to set out your meals, right? And you got to start implementing these new things into your life. You know, you can't just lose weight, right? Anyone ever just like not even tried and lost weight? No. I think that's impossible. (laughs) You have to start eating healthy and start exercising, right? So, hey, after I have this baby, I'm going to want to lose some baby weight. So I'm going to have to make a plan. And I'm going to have to stick to the plan, right, in order to get where I want to be. And so there is um, one thing that we are fasting from as a family is no TV during the day. Well, Ian's at work during the day, so that's not super hard for him. But me and Xander are at home, you know, all day together. And um, so I can't just say I'm going to turn the TV off. I have to replace it with something that I'm going to do instead of having the TV on. And most of the time we have the TV on because I like noise in the background, you know. Like most of us don't like silence. (laughs) 
because it gives ourselves time to like actually think about what we actually should be doing when there's no noise. And so, so I asked the Holy Spirit, all right, Holy Spirit, like the TV's off during the day. We're not turning the TV on until 6 p.m. That's sustainable for us. After we eat dinner, we sit down, we cuddle and play and watch a movie together as a family. I'm like, all right, Holy Spirit, what do you want us to do during the day without the TV on? Like, I want to take advantage of this time with Xander during the day or wherever we're going, small groups or hang out with friends or whatever. You know, I want to take advantage of this time, this first morning time that we have together. And so I know the Holy Spirit told me, he said, I want you to invest time with Xander and y'all spend the morning inviting the Holy Spirit into your day. I want you to pray out loud for Ian. I want you to pray out loud for your family. I want you to pray out loud for your church family. I want you to pray out loud for him. I want you to pray out loud for Bodie. And I want you to pray out loud for yourself. And then when Xander um, goes down for a nap, I want you to do your quiet time first. And then I want you to read books that are going to that are going to help you invest in your spiritual walk with me. That are going to help you grow in um, as a mother, as a wife, as a pastor, all those things. And so I said, "Okay, Holy Spirit, I'm going to do that." And so that is something that I, that we've had to replace. So we re- replace TV time with inviting the Holy Spirit into our morning. We've started praying together, and He just, you know. He, He doesn't know yet because he's little, but I'm instilling in him, this is what we do. This is a priority. This is way more important than TV. Um, And so you've got to replace your bad habit with a good habit. So I want to encourage you to ask Holy Spirit to give you the thing that you're going to replace your bad habit with, with a good, not just a good habit, a God habit. What's a God habit that you can replace your bad habit with. So now we're going to look at the 3M model, and we're going to kind of mix it up just a little bit. So the next point we're going to look at is a new habit needs to be meaningful. A habit has to be connected to your heart. If it doesn't matter, then it won't matter. If it doesn't move you on the inside, it won't move you on the outside. We can all thank Pastor Ann for that saying because he tells us that all the time. What does he say? When the Holy Spirit moves you on the inside, he's going to move you on the outside. Right? So our habit needs to be meaningful. It needs to be connected to our heart. Because if it's not connected to our heart, it's not going to matter. Proverbs 27, 23 says, Know the state of your flock. And put your what? Heart into caring for your herds. So if the thing you're replacing your bad habit with doesn't move you inwardly, it's going to be hard to do outwardly. Right? So if the thing that I'm replacing my bad habit with isn't tugging on me on the inside, like I know that the Lord's calling me to set this thing down. Right? But the thing that I want to set it down for doesn't make me want to actually do it, doesn't make me want to actually take those steps to, like, move forward in that direction, then it's not connected to my heart. And it's not connected to the purpose that the Lord has for me laying this bad thing down. Does that make sense? So it has to move you inwardly, but it has to move you outwardly, or it's going to be hard for you to follow through with. So... We need to ask the Holy Spirit what he wants us to replace it with. Like I just said, 
not just what we think or what we know will be good for us. What does the Holy Spirit want you to replace your bad habit with? And y'all, when you ask him, he's going to tell you. He's going to show you. Or he, you're going to hear that voice inside your head that says, oh, well, if you put this down, then you need to pick this up. And maybe you're like, mm, I don't know if that was me or if that was the Lord. He's going to send people into your life to encourage you or to share a word about that thing. And it's going to be confirmation to your spirit. Oh, this is definitely what the Lord wants me to do. So when we get a word from God on what it is that he wants us to replace our bad habit with, guess what? It's lasting. It has purpose. And it is something we can cling to while we walk through the daily process of breaking the old habit. Let me tell y'all, there have been times, it's only been a week since we started our fast. There have been some times during the day before 6 p.m. where I'm like, I need to get something done. And Xander's like, mm, picks up the remote and hands it to me and goes, here, you know, he's like shaking it at me. I'm like, oh, thank you. And then I put it up and he's like, Meh. he's upset, you know. But there have been times during our day this week where I have been tempted to turn the TV on. Because I needed, I needed for him to sit still and watch Toy Story. Because that's the only movie he like sit and watch all the way through. Or like he's just upset and he wants to watch Toy Story. So there have been times this week where I've needed that, that I've been tempted to turn the TV on. But guess what? I had a word from the Lord on why we were fasting this and the eternal purpose that I was planning within Him. Right, And so if I wouldn't have asked the Holy Spirit, okay, Lord, what do you want me to replace this bad habit with, with having the TV on all throughout the day? If I would have just said, okay, that's what we're fasting, and just not had a plan, I would have given in to temptation, I'm sure. But I had a word from the Lord that this is why the TV is off, because I want you to instill in him this is what Christianity looks like. This is what having a relationship with the Holy Spirit looks like. This is what mommy and daddy do every day of the week, not just on Sundays. And we all, we all even before we start, about, we always pray together and we we talk about the Holy Spirit and we talk about the Lord, but like he wanted to be wanted me to be more on purpose. More on purpose. And so when you get a word from the Lord about why you're breaking this habit and he gives you this is why, that is going to be something you are going to be able to hold on to when temptation does come because it's going to come. When we deny our flesh of anything our flesh wants, right, we're going to be tempted to go back to that thing. And so you've got to get a word from the Lord. That's why it's so important that your, that it is meaningful, it's connected to your heart, and that it matters, and that it moves you on the inside, but it also moves you on the outside. So when the Holy Spirit gave me that word, God, it moved me on the inside, because he's like, if you'll start doing this with Xander, like, he's going to get this at such a young age, he's going to start serving me at such a young age, and so I was like, okay, Lord, because y'all know what, I give up, I will give up anything for my, to lead my babies to the Lord. I will get, that's the one thing in life I want them to get is I want them to ask Jesus to be Lord and Savior of their life and I want them to live for him. I don't care if they go to college. I don't care what career path they take. I don't care. None of that has any eternal value, but their relationship with Jesus and where their heart lies has value. So I'm going to give up anything for them 
So it moved me on the inside and then it moved me on the outside. And it has been so wonderful to see, like, just to do that with him and to, that I know I'm instilling this, this fruit, I'm putting this fruit in him now and it's going to manifest as he grows. So the next point we're going to look at is the key to connecting our heart to our habit is to ask the question, why? Why do I want why do I want to do this and why does this matter to me? We've already kind of talked about it. You know, everyone's why is different, but staying focused on why you're doing it and the generational curses that you're breaking not only for yourself, your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, heck, even strangers, even people at work. You, this is going to give you a way to share what you're believing God to do as you stop doing a bad habit and you replace it with, with a God habit. So what's your why? Is it connected to your heart? Is it God-given? Why? What's your why? And so I had to cling to that why, right? The Lord gave me a word, and then I had to remind myself this week why we have the TV off, why, why we're praying, why we're inviting the Holy Spirit in. Why? 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 Because that why is going to be the thing that keeps you grounded, right? Just like, why did you start working out? Why did you start going to small group? Why did you start coming to church? Why? Because if you lose sight of the why, you're going to quit, right? But if you hold on to your why and you remember your why and when you are tempted, you remind yourself of this why. This is why I'm going to the gym because I want to invest in myself. I want to be healthy. I want to live long and preach the gospel. I want to live long to see my grandkids grow up. I want to live long to, to whatever. This is why I'm going to small group. I want to have godly friendships. I want to have godly relationships. This is why I'm going to church on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights because I want to connect to the body of Christ. I want to get involved with what the Lord's doing in the local church so I can get involved in what he's doing in our community. The why is going to hold you and ground you. So it's got to be connected to your heart. And that's how you keep it connected to your heart is you hold tight to your why. You hold tight to your why. So what's your why? Is it connected to your heart? And is it God-given? The second 3M is making a sustainable habit. is measurable. Our new habit needs to be measurable. We have to know if we are winning or losing. Remember, big dreams are accomplished through small habits. We need timelines and deadlines along the way. And in Luke 14, 27 through 28, it says, and if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you what? Count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? So counting the cost means evaluating the process, make a measurable plan, and then work the plan. We've already talked about this. When you set a goal, right, we've got to have a plan. I'm going to eat healthier. Well, then that means I have to make a daily plan. I have to make a grocery list plan. If you're going to count calories, count calories. If you're going to count cars, whatever. You know, whatever your thing is. But you need a plan. If you're wanting to spend more time in your word every day, you need a plan. If you want to be in reminding yourself to invite the Holy Spirit into your day, guess what? You need a plan. If you want to 
Um, go to church every Sunday. You need a plan. You want to be in small group every week. You need a plan. You need to block off time so you can work your plan. So have y'all, any of y'all ever built a house? Not me. I've never built a house. Sugarboat has built a house. There you go. So when you build a house, guess what? You have a plan, right? You have an order, and you have a deadline. So without these things, your house would never get built. And the same is true of building habits. We have to reverse engineer our dreams and goals. We have to know where we want to go. And then work backwards at identifying the steps to get there. So we have to work the goal, right? Where do you want to be in a month in your relationship with the Lord? Where do you want to be in a month physically with your health? Where do you want to be in a month relationally with your spouse, with your friends, with your kids? Where do you want to be? And then we have to, we have to, all right, Lord, this is the goal, but now I've got to backtrack. I know where I want to be, so now I've got, I need you to help me make a plan of A, B, C. This is what I need to do to get to where I want to be, right? And it's still got to be connected to your heart. So if I want Xander to have a relationship with Jesus, if I want Bodie to have a relationship with Jesus, and I want them to talk with the Holy Spirit every day, I want them to invite him into their day every day as they grow, then I have to count the cost, right, of what I'm willing to do and what I'm willing to cut out of my life. And like I said earlier, I'm willing to cut anything and everything out of my life to lead my kids to a relationship with Jesus, to lead my friends to a relationship with Jesus, right? It doesn't just have to be my kids, but, like, this is what the Lord gave me specifically because this is the season of life that we're in, right? They're my, they're my disciples, right? Just like I'm Jesus' disciple. So now I've got to disciple them so they'll be disciples of Jesus. So if that means i got to cut out TV, i got to cut out social media during the day so we can focus on learning and growing together, so we can focus on talking to the Holy Spirit and giving him opportunities to talk to the Holy Spirit even though he's just babbling right now. I've got to give him the opportunity to do that. And I've got to show him what's most important and help him build that healthy habit. Because guess what? If I, nev- if, if I didn't start now and I waited until he was 12 or 13, it's going to be a lot harder for him to break his old habits of having the TV on all, all in the morning, Right? Because he's going to be conscious of, like, what's going on. And it's going to be harder for him to adapt this new way of doing mornings. But now, because I've started and he's one and a half years old. And he's about to be a big brother. I'm starting this new habit with him now. So now as he grows, he's going to know when he starts talking. You know, when Bodie's here, he's going to, Mommy, are we going to say our prayers? Because every morning we get done eating breakfast, we sit in the living room while he's playing. And I'm like, all right, you ready? We're going we're gonna to talk to the Holy Spirit. We're going to invite him into our day. And then we invite the Holy Spirit into our day. And we thank him for a good night's sleep. And we, we just talk to him. And then I'm like, all right, we're going to pray for you and Bodie. Mommy's going to pray for you and Bodie. And I've wrote out prayers in my, on my phone in my notes that I pray specifically over them every single day. 
And then when I get done praying for them, and y'all, he's running around like playing, and sometimes I have to stop and help him, you know. But I have to remember not to get discouraged because he's still hearing me pray the word. He's still hearing me pray for him and his brother. He's hearing me. I've wrote out prayers for in. He's hearing me pray for his daddy and read scriptures over him. He's hearing me me pray for myself. I've wrote out prayers for me. He's hearing me pray scriptures over myself. Because guess what? It's just as important for you to pray for other people that you pray for yourself as well. And you ask the Lord to do what he wants you to do in your life. Right? So I'm helping him build these healthy habits. And so as he grows, he's going to know what's most important. And he's already going to have this healthy habit established in his life. Sorry, I got off on a rant there. So it's important that you measure the cost and you've got am I winning this battle am I losing this battle and then sometimes you know we have to reevaluate as we get in different seasons of life of how we get to the goal so the next point we're going to look at is deadlines are lifelines in order to break records we have to keep records write down the deadline and the timeline we count what matters and this is true for all of us and I'll prove it to you how many of you ever go through the ATM and get money out Okay, how many of you count your money before you pull away? Why do you do that? Because if the machine shortchanged you, guess what? You're going to want to talk to a manager, or at least I will. I will be like, um, I didn't get the right change. Because guess what? Your money matters to you, right? If you're not counting and measuring your habits, then you're shortchanging yourself. Habakkuk 2.2 says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. You can't run with a vision until you read the vision. Write it down. Where do you want to be in a week? Where do you want to be in a month? Where do you want to be in six six months? Where do you want to be in a year? This is why me and Ian, before we start our fast, we sit down together and we write out, I didn't turn that off, apparently. This is why we sit down and we write out what we're fasting from and why we're fasting it, right? Because when we read it, the vision is plain. This is what we're fasting from, and then this is why we're fasting it, right? The vision's plain, so we've got something we can hold on to, right? We are giving ourselves a deadline. This is how long we're fasting from this, and then we're counting what matters, So this needs to be an all-year thing, not just a for-when-we-fast thing for us, for us, but for all of us. If we don't have a plan, if we don't have a vision for our life, guess what? We're just going to roll with whatever, and we're never going to get where the Lord wants us to go, or we're going to get there, and it's going to take us ten times longer to get there than is if we would have sat down and asked the Lord, all right, Lord, this is where we want to be, Help me make a plan. Help me make a deadline. This is where I want to be financially in six months. This is the plan. This is the deadline. So you need to write your vision for your life, your spiritual life, your relationship life, your financial life, your physical life. Like, where do you want to be in all these characteristics? And you need to make a deadline for yourself and ask the Lord to help you make it plain so you can see where you're going to be so you can move in that direction. The next third M is maintainable. 
We need small victories on a daily basis. Habits stay maintainable when we focus on the inputs and trust God with the outcome. <coughs> so we have to focus on the inputs and trust God with the outcomes. So our goals need to be maintainable. When we set an unrealistic goal, we set ourselves up for failure. How many of you in your life have ever said, I'm going to work out six days a week? I'm the only one. <laughs> I want to I wanna love working out, and I just hate working out. So I've, I've set up those goals, you know, like when I'm not pregnant anyway. Like, I'm going to work out six days a week, right? And then I get the first week I do it three days, and then the next week I do it two days, right? And then I hear that whisper in my head, well, it's not really doing anything. And guess what? I get discouraged. And then I hear the enemy say, it's not worth it. Just quit. And guess what? Because it's an unrealistic goal, for me, I quit. And then I'm back at square one, right? But, so for me, saying I'm going to work out six days a week is just unrealistic. For you, that may be achieve achievable. It's not for me. It's unrealistic with the season I'm currently in, but I can start with three days a week, right? Or say your goal is, you set an unrealistic goal of, I'm going to spend an hour in the Word every single day. And you don't even spend 10 minutes in the Word right now, right? That's an unrealistic goal. And guess what? You're going to hit the snooze or you're going to forget, or you're going to get busy, and then guess what? You're going to go a week, and you're going to be like, I only spent two days in the Word for maybe 20 minutes this week. And then the next week, oh, I only spent three days in the Word for 30 minutes this week. And guess what? You're going to get discouraged because an hour a day for some people is an unrealistic goal. And you're going to get discouraged, and then the enemy's going to tell you, it's not even doing anything. 20 minutes that I ain't even doing anything, just quit. <clears throat> and then guess what? You're back at square one, and you've been discouraged, and if you don't recognize the lie of the enemy, you're going to fall into that bad habit again, right? Because guess what? 20 minutes a day is better than none. 10 minutes a day is better than none. Me walking for 10 minutes is better than none. You know? So we've got to set realistic goals. They have to be maintainable, right? And small victories are still victories. So we have to trust God that what we're putting in is good enough. It's good enough. If the Lord told you 10 minutes a day in the Word or focus 10 minutes in the morning praying and inviting the Holy, whatever it is, or 10 minutes in the morning working out, walking, 10 minutes, whatever, we have to trust him that what we're putting in, he's got control of the outcome. I don't got to worry about it. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. So if we will just focus on what the Holy Spirit has asked us to do, right, and make realistic, maintainable goals, the Lord will show us where to go as we continue to take that next right step in our daily routines, in our monthly, in our months, in our years. He will show us which path to take.
The next point, we have to eat the elephant one bite at a time. Small bites create small victories, and it's better to have 100 small victories than one big victory because 100 small victories later, you have created a sustainable habit. So what are you going to do today to step closer to your habit? And when you do, are you celebrating? It's important that we celebrate the small victories, right? And so my small victory for this week is we haven't turned the TV on until 6 p.m. And I haven't got on social media unless Xander's down for his nap. And those are small victories. And I am so proud of myself <laughs> because I'm telling y'all, there have been some days where I'm like, I just want to turn the TV on. And my first response is when I wake up in the morning is to open my phone and get all those notifications off my phone, right? I don't like notifications. But I've, I, those are small victories. I haven't done that. And I'm so proud of myself. So it doesn't matter how small the victory, you still need to celebrate it. And some people might be like, oh, we don't do TV during the week at all, just on the weekends. I'm like, that's great. If that's sustainable for you and that's maintainable, that's awesome. That's just unrealistic for us <laughs> right now. And so I am so proud that we as a family haven't, haven't turned the TV on until 6 p.m. or sometimes later if we're not home. Those are small victories. I'm so proud of us, babe. We've done so good. And so celebrate your small victories. One day, like just one day at a time. All right, today I spent 20 minutes in the Word. Wow, that's awesome. Go me. Go Jesus. That's a victory, right? And so every time we celebrate a small victory, guess what we're doing? We're building our faith to believe that we're going to do it for the next day, right? And so then the next day comes and we're like, oh, we did it yesterday, so we can do it today. And then we do it, and then we win. And we're like, yes, Lord, thank you. And then tomorrow, what? We've built our faith, so now we take another step of faith. Now I can do it tomorrow. And now you get to where you have spent these first 21 days of the year doing what the Lord called you to do, and now you've built up all this faith. Well, if I can do it in January, then I can do it in February, right? And then if I do it in February, oh, heck, I'm just going to keep going into March, and then I'm going to keep going. And then you look back at the end of this year, and you have been doing the God habit for a whole year. Wow. But you've got to celebrate those small victories, We overestimate what God, what we can accomplish in a week, and we underestimate what God can do in a year. Again, we have got to focus on the inputs, that's our job, and trust God with the outcome. Listen, when we worry and we stress about the outcome, we are now in disbelief that God isn't up to the task of finishing what he started within us. And that's a lie from the enemy that he wants you to believe. When we are constantly in worry and in stress, we now step into disbelief that what God said we could do and what God said he would do, we're in disbelief that he's not going to do it, that he's not up to the task of finishing what he started within us. And that is such a lie. That is such a lie. When God starts something in you, guess what? He is faithful to fulfill it to the very end. So don't believe that lie. When we do our best and we live our life as close to Jesus as possible, we don't have to worry about the outcomes. Why? 
Because when we give God our first of everything, our best, he makes our path straight, like we read earlier, and he will give us our heart's desire. We read that verse earlier. And the word also says that his blessings will chase us down. They will follow us, right? So as we continue to input into the vision that the Lord's given us, because we wrote it down, we've made it plain, we've made it sustainable, we've made it maintainable, right? And we keep inputting into the vision. We keep inputting into what the Lord showed us. We keep inputting into God habits, right? Now we get to this place at the end, and God's already done what he said he was going to do. He's already done it before we even get there, right? He's just waiting on us to take the right steps to put into play what he's placed within us and to walk it out. And then we'll be able to look back at this year at all the blessings all the blessings that have followed us as we've just followed Jesus, right? We don't have to worry. We don't have to keep looking, right? Because they're going to follow us as we follow him. So what have your small victories been this week? Have you celebrated them? The next point, our last point, meaningful, measurable, and maintainable. You can do this. We can do this. The power of sin has already been broken, and the power of habits is under our control. So it's got to be meaningful, right? It's got to be connected to your heart. So it's going to make you walk it out, right? It's got to be measurable. Are you winning or are you losing at it? Do you need to reevaluate the goal? Do you need to reevaluate the steps? It needs to be maintainable. Right, I need to consistency. I need to be able to be consistent in it every single day, every single day. We are not victims of our circumstances. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves us. You have got this. I've got this. Ultimately, Jesus has got this. And we're cheering you on. Me and Pastor Ann are cheering you on in your goals and your visions and the plan that the Lord has for you. We want the Lord to fulfill his vision for your life. And so I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for today, God. We thank you for this word, God. I pray that it was your words and not my words, Lord God, that your word went out into the into your people, God, and they got something from your word this morning. God, I just thank you, God, for the opportunity to be up here, God. We pray a blessing over each person in this house, God, over each person watching online. God, that you would help them to make meaningful, measurable, and maintainable goals and visions and God habits in their life, Lord God, that they would be able to walk out what you have placed within them. God, that they would be able to take the shot and do what you've called them to do in their lives, Lord. God, I thank you for challenging us today and making us think, God, and making us evaluate where we are, why we're doing what we're doing, what's the purpose. God, and that you gave us some steps today to take to be better so we can pursue you more, so we can Pursue others more in a relate in a, in relationship, so we can lead other people to you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to minister to each person. If you are in here today and 
or you're watching online and you have never asked Jesus to come into your heart, you've never asked him to be Lord and Savior. So all this that we've been talking about, meaningful, measurable, maintainable, it's all useless without Jesus. It's all, it's not going to work without the one who gives you purpose, without the one who gives you life. And so maybe we were we were reading through all this and talking about this today and you were like, meh, I don't know. And you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, but you were feeling that tug. I want to give you an opportunity to ask the Lord to come into your heart and to give you a purpose, to give you a vision, to give you God habits so you can be all that he's created you to be. So if that's you today, I want you to just raise your hand. Maybe you're watching online and you're like, Pastor Jess, like, that's me. Like, I don't feel like I have a God vision. I don't feel like I have God habits. I don't feel like I can make meaningful, measurable, and maintainable things for me to do because I don't feel empowered to do them. But I want you to raise your hand. Put something in the chat so our online facilitators can reach out to you and pray for you. But we're going to pray this prayer together. So I want everyone to repeat after me. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my heart. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me white as snow. And help me to fulfill the purpose you've placed on my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you guys. We hope you have a fantastic Sunday. Come back and be with us next week. Come join us online again next week. Y'all are dismissed. Have a wonderful day.